You're listening to Seasons of Faith, a podcast about following Christ in festivity. Join the faith-filled conversations built to celebrate and prepare for the season. This podcast will be hosted by Pastor Mike Palmer and an array of special guests who will take you on a journey through the seasons, exploring ways to weave your faith into the fabric of seasonal festivity. On the second episode of our Christmas Advent, Amber Harden and Catherine Earle walk us through the topic of joy. Let's go ahead and join them now. Welcome to our podcast, talking about joy in the Advent. My name is Catherine Earle. And I'm Amber Harden, and we're so grateful you're joining us today. As we talk about um, joy, we can look around in our world today, and we realize there's just not a lot of joy in our world. Our nation is in debt, our republic is in shambles, our enemies are rattling their sabers, and that's just if you're watching our news each night. But also, even in personal lives, there's depression, there's anxiety, there's broken relationships, there's just not a lot of peace. Now, we do have moments of peace in our life, or uh, joy, excuse me, in our lives. We have moments moments of a welcoming a grand new baby into our lives, yeah. a wedding celebration where we, where we rejoice over a couple getting together, mm-hmm. maybe even that job promotion or that degree that you've been looking for that may change your life. We experience times of joy in our lives, but they are brief and spotty. Mm-hmm. Most of us have heard the familiar words spoken by the angels on this, the um, advent of our Christ's birth. Just for the context here, this is just after the Savior has been born in a stable. And so here we're going to be in Luke 8 through 11. In the same region, there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. But an angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of a great joy that will be for all people. For today in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. So we are going to be focusing, especially on the words of these angels. Do not be afraid, for I bring you good news of a great joy that will be for all people. A great joy. Joy and rejoicing are mentioned so many times in Scripture. But the the joy described in the Bible is conditional. It depends on the type of relationship that a person has with God. Let's talk about some details. Personally, as a Christian, I've heard so many times, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. And that commandment has been kind of like a burden to me. I've, because I, I know I, I don't accomplish it. But as we've been preparing for this, Amber, I thought about how um, the only reason we have joy, there are really only two of them. It's who God is Mm -hmm. and what He's done. And so why it's such a challenge to rejoice in the Lord always as we forget in the Lord. Mm -hmm. At least I do. Mm -hmm. According to the Bible, and most of you listeners are going to be familiar with this, but I need to go through it. God is good. He's the Holy One. He's light. In Him is no darkness at all. He's generous, powerful, forgiving, merciful, the King of kings. But He's out of our league. We are not like this God. We fall short of His perfect standard, and we are unworthy 
to be in his presence. The Bible calls this sin, and this sin is going to render us unfit when we stand one day before God. It's as though we're on our way to a royal wedding clothed in filthy rags. We're in a quandary because according to the Bible, yes, God is slow to anger, but the Bible also says he is ready to judge the living and the dead. He's called the God of all comfort, but he is also the Lord who strikes the blow. He's the God who sends rain on the just and the unjust, but he is also the consuming fire. So judgment, the hammer, the flames, these things threaten us. There is a great chasm separating us from God Almighty. So there's no joy in this situation so far. But God, the God of the Bible, loves people. God himself bridged that gap by sending his beloved son to earth for us. The good news of great joy announced by that angel isn't just about the birth of the man-child in Bethlehem. It's about the destiny of that man. Titus 3.4 says, But when the kindness of God our Savior and his love toward people appeared, he saved us, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy. And how did the Son of God save us? Yes, he left heaven to take up a human life on this earth, the thing we're celebrating at Christmas. But 30 years later, he intentionally suffered death, giving his life in payment for the sins of the world. So he spilled his own lifeblood to bridge the gap between God and us humans. Amber, do you want to come in and read First Peter there? Yes, for Christ also died for sins once for all, the just for the unjust, in order that he might bring us to God. So, Jesus' perfect record, his life lived without sin, is applied to our account. It's his gift to anyone who will receive it. But this receiving is a crucial part of it. It's not just automatically applied. As scripture said, God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. God caused him who knew no sin to become sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. That's 2 Corinthians 5, 19 and 21. And I love how the message puts this same verse. It makes it, brings the hay down out of the hayloft so that the cows can eat it. And no offense. Become friends with God, this translation says. He is already a friend to you. How, you ask? In Christ. God put the wrong on him who never did anything wrong so we could be put right with God. It's just a matter of receiving this gift of reconciliation that Jesus Christ has provided. This is where joy begins, when we are saved from our sin and we enter into an actual relationship with the awesome God of the universe. These are the good tidings of great joy announced by those angels so long ago. 
And then from 1 Peter 1.8, And though you have not seen Jesus, you love him. And though you do not see him now, you greatly rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Jesus himself explained his good news, saying, These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. Pretty amazing there. Full <laughs> joy yes, found in ma'am. John fifteen eleven. Another way we experience joy once we have had this initial experience of salvation is our joy increases when we experience his presence. He is the God who is near near us during the night, near us when we are afraid or, or hurting. According to J- James 4.8, draw near to me and I will draw near to you. Pretty amazing to consider that the God of the universe would want to draw near to us. Yes. Colossians 1.27, he dwells in us, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Writing to Christians in Corinth, Paul said, Do you not know that your bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God? King David, you granted the king himself unending blessings and made me glad with the joy of your presence. Jesus himself said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and sup with him and he with me. He will come into us. That's, that's so astounding to think about. Absolutely amazing. Another thing that contri- contributes to our joy is understanding and being blessed by His Word, the Bible. I confess, when I first be- before I knew Christ, I would try to read the Bible because people told me it was the way to life. Me too, yeah. And I would start in Genesis, <laughs> and I'd start reading, and then I got to so-and-so begat so-and-so, and I was done. It was boring, it was meaningless, and it meant nothing to me. You did better than I did, Amber. <laughs> I didn't even try. It sat on the shelf. <laughs> so, I tried, but it was really hard. But after the salvation experience, everything changes. Second Timothy 3.16 says, All Scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, reproof, rebuke, and instruction in righteousness. Even the begat parts. <laughs> and then Psalm 119, 18. Open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of the law. After being a Christian for um, 25 years now, I can still open up and some verse will strike me new each and every day. I know you've had that experience, yeah, Catherine. The depth is amazing. And, and it, <coughs> I think that's something really special about the scripture is that it is so deep. That it never gets boring. Exactly. Which I really appreciate. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Another aspect of this eternal life that I think we need to talk about is illustrated by a verse that so many of us are already familiar with. You even see it in football games held up. But it's John 3.16, which says... um, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And with that everlasting life comes everlasting joy. Uh, One of my favorite psalms is Psalm 16, and the final uh, chapter in it, or verse in it, verse 11, says, it's, it's a psalm of David, and he says, You will make known to me the path of life. 
In your presence is fullness of joy. In your right hand are pleasures forevermore. And I think that's, that's what makes the joy that comes from God so different from any other God. It's not just for a long time. It's not just as long as our flesh lasts. It's eternal. Mm. I love that one verse in Job where he says, The worms destroy my body, yet in my flesh shall I see God. I mean, that that's joy right there. It sure is. Yeah. Oh, I have one other um, aspect of joy that is precious to me. It, joy continues in sorrows. Um, the joy of the person who's made peace with God through Jesus Christ is not extinguished by trials or suffering. Um, I can identify with this scripture that says, I am filled with comfort. I am overflowing with joy in all our afflictions. That's 2 Corinthians 7, 4. And I can attest personally to the great, greatest affliction that I've ever experienced, the death of my beloved husband. It was and it still is sweetened by the fact that he gave his life to Jesus Christ and is with him now. Mm, Catherine, that is beautiful. It's amazing how we can have such joy in even the sorrows. Yes. Indeed, those words of the angel announcing Jesus' birth were good tidings of great joy, not just for that night and not just for those people, but for everyone and for all eternity. Well, I guess we're ready to wrap up, yeah. and I'll pray to close us down. <laughs> Father, I thank you so much that you have provided us joy and such expansive joy, such uh, indescribable joy and eternal joy. We praise you and we thank you for that gift through your son. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. Catherine, I'm thinking that some of these people listening may have never taken that first step of joy in accepting Christ. And you laid it out so well. And maybe your heart's really burdened right now that you have not taken that step. And I just want to encourage you, that invitation is open today. And I'm going to pray just a sample prayer. You don't have to pray these exact words. There's no magic formula. It's what's in your heart. But if you feel like you need to take that very first step of joy by, by asking Jesus to be your Savior, would you please pray along with me? God, I know that I'm a sinner in need of your grace. I've messed up, and I want you to forgive me. I believe that you sent your son Jesus to live a perfect life that I couldn't live. I believe that he died on the cross, was buried, and rose again so that I may be forgiven. God, forgive me, save me, come into my heart, and be the king of my life. Amen. If you have prayed with that that prayer for the very first time, we would love to connect with you. Just click on salmonvalleybaptist.org and click on the Connect page and just fill that out and let us get in touch with you. We would love that so much. Catherine, I think the perfect way to close, our, to close this whole session is from Romans 15, 13. And it begins, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you believe so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. We just want to wish you all a Merry Christmas. Joyous Christmas to you all. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Seasons of Faith, an SVBC production. If you enjoyed this podcast, please check out our other podcast, Into the Western Wild, available on all streaming platforms. For more information, please visit our website, salmonvalleybaptist.org. Thanks for tuning in and joining the conversation. Hey!